It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and today is Monday, which means that tomorrow is Tuesday, and by the time you're listening to this, the Senior Bowl practices will likely have started. Senior Bowl practice number one starts tomorrow morning, which can only mean, Colin, that if you didn't know, now you know we are in draft season. Yes, we are. We are in the thick of it, as a, you know, a wise man once said. We're we're sitting and getting underway. We get to find, we get to see these guys in action, and it's it's kind of regardless of situation. It's regardless of you know helmet, regardless of jersey. You're going to iron sharpens iron, playing against the best seniors in the country. Well. A lot of the best seniors in the country are going to be playing in this game, and so we'll we'll get a real litmus test on how these guys look against some future NFL players. Yep, and every year, and anybody who follows the process knows every year we come out of Mobile with some new names that we're paying extra close attention to, and at the end of the episode today, we will highlight a few players that we think could be amongst that group of players that sees a bit of a stock up coming out of the week at Mobile. But before we get there, we have one final order of business in our rankings 2.0 series. We got tight ends last week. We gave the tight ends their own show. We're here now to talk about IDP. It's, we 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 tried to talk about these guys all season. We gave out defensive badges. We kept these guys on the radar. But this was an opportunity to really dive into this class, get to see some of these guys, some of the names that many people are probably familiar with. Some of the top names in the entire class are amongst the defensive guys. Um, and we're going to be breaking down our top five for fantasy purposes important disclaimer again as it was for the tight end episode yeah this this is very different from nfl value because uh guys that play interior d-line are obviously inherently less valuable because they don't get the sack tackle numbers you know they're more of a clogger in the middle so a guy like jalen carter might not make his way onto our list and that's not because we think he's a bad player uh that's more so He's not making it on my list. I'll speak for myself, I guess. And spoiler, spoiler, and that's because there, there's a inherent value to be playing linebacker, to playing edge, to playing safety in some cases, where you're racking up a hundred plus tackles and then adding in splash plays. So, uh, it, this, like Austin said, is fantasy value versus NFL value, where I think the list list would be quite different. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into that. We'll get to talk about it again with IDP specifically. There is a bit of a disclaimer. We are, you know, we're grading with a projection in mind here in terms of fantasy value. It, when it comes to IDPs, you really learn a lot for fantasy purposes. Once you get into the actual post draft uh, cycle process here with knowing landing spots, understanding what these players' roles are going to be with the team that drafted them really helps to paint a picture of what you can expect. But that being said, 
we kind of teased this class a little bit back in the summer when we talked about these guys as being pretty edge heavy. And that is kind of carried through, at least in the NFL draft cycle, in terms of the top defensive names in the class being edge, which isn't necessarily an uncommon thing, but some of these other position groups really sort of taking a backseat this year. So all of that window dressing and disclaimers and asterisks aside about these rankings, let's talk about what we thought about these guys, because I had a lot of fun watching my top five guys and beyond. So Colin, start us off. Number five, IDP. Number five is Ivan Pace Jr., He's a linebacker out of Cincinnati. Uh, he is a freak athlete, first of all. He is, he is fast. He's instinctual. He plays downhill. I mean, it, this is somebody that I could see racking up just a ton of tackles. And, uh, I mean, he had uh, he had 92 tackles in this last season with Cincinnati. And... He, I mean, 12 sacks on top of that. He has a nose for the ball, and he's just explosive. Trust the instincts, trust his eyes, trust his reads, and he fires out that ball, and he's coming downhill a lot. It gets him in trouble sometimes, and he he plays a little small every once in a while. He can get beat up, but I I really love Ivan Pace and his just tenacity. Man, you come onto these rankings and you go straight for my heart every time. And you're doing it again <laughs> with Ivan Pace Jr. I I don't have Ivan Pace Jr. on my list, but I don't have him ranked at all because I simply couldn't find enough that I thought I could give him a fair eval. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. He's a player, just to let the rabbit out of the bag a little bit here, out of the hat a little bit, this is a this is one of my number one players that I'm watching this week in Mobile. How will Ivan Pace Jr. perform in that environment where he's going up against, like you said, some of the best players from college football, some of the top prospects in the entire draft? What will he look like? Because he looked damn good this last season at Cincinnati. We we talked about him week in and week out. He got numerous badges at Camp Dynasty this year. And you, you read off the stats there, 12 sacks as an interior linebacker. I mean, this guy was the definition of a playmaker. Now, the biggest concerns with Ivan Pace, and I'll let you speak to what you had as well, but the number one thing around the name is the size because he's a smaller player. He's not a prototypical middle linebacker athlete-sized player. So that's going to be the number one concern, and that's why it's super exciting that we get to see him in Mobile to see – does it, does it look like it matters in an environment like that? Or is this guy just legit? Yeah, yeah. And this is coming off of a lot of what I saw in the season yeah. uh, versus, you know, the tape grinding that we can do for a lot of these players because, like you said, Pace's film is almost non-existent. And so I going off of what I saw this year, it's the size. It's every once in a while he's abandoning his responsibility and that is to make those splash plays that you see. And so there's a little bit of a, you know, flip of a coin, whether it's going to be a sack or he abandons his zone and it's a completion for 12, 15 yards. So there's there's a little bit of discipline that he lacks. But I, I think that even though he's 
undersized and he can get, you know, pushed off his spot and he can, uh, there's certain situations where that does come into play. I think he does a really good job getting off of blocks and you see that with the sack numbers because it's not all designed, you know, stunts and it's not free releases off the line and, you know, those kind of uh nickel blitzes where you're kind of crowding the line of scrimmage and somebody misses a block it, there, there is some legit you know block sheds from pace and so i i just really i really like the versatility and it's not the versatility where he's a oh is he a tweener could he be no he's a legit linebacker and he makes splash plays and he's a little small but i i think he makes it work it doesn't really show up a ton but when it does it's a little bit apparent I saw I saw somebody raise the point recently about not not necessarily a comp but sort of a situational comparison to last year Malcolm Rodriguez who's an undersized linebacker with good tape falls to day 3 and makes an impact as a rookie in Detroit. So I think worst case scenario is that type of situation where pace the size concerns drop him to day three which wouldn't surprise me at all but he's still a guy that i'm very interested in from an idp standpoint and depend like i said earlier depending on the situation if he has a pathway to to early playing time i'm all in i'm all in on pace especially in this sort of a linebacker class where i'm not really sold on a lot of these guys uh my number five is Tyree Wilson. So Tyree Wilson is first of all get he's getting mocked in the, for the NFL draft top 10. He's he's one of these pass rushers that you're going to hear a lot about. He's going to be a name in the process that carries through all the way until April as potential top 10, even maybe even top 5 pick Tyree Wilson. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil the rest of my rankings here. Um, obviously I think we can all guess that he's not my edge. He's not my favorite edge in the class, but, uh, I really liked Wilson's film. I, I, I'd heard some noise about him sort of being more of a project player, uh, super long, super athletic guy, maybe lacks a little polish and, uh, what the tape showed me is that I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's as much projection as I was anticipating with a guy like Tyree Wilson because I see him as a really good run defender. First of all, he he is the kind of player that I feel fairly safe uh, as a as a player up front that can stop the run as a pass rusher. Now, as a pass rusher. I do agree that there is some room for him to grow, but man, he's got, he's got one thing that not anybody in this amongst the top group of pass rushers in this class have, and that is extremely long arms and the ability to create just uncounterable leverage on tackles with his length. I mean, he can, he can one arm a guy and just make their life living hell. He doesn't do it as consistently as I'd want him to. He's also not the most explosive player. This is 100% a power rusher. He's not super explosive on his first step. He's not really going to, you know, he's not going to have that bend the edge move all that often. But what he does with the bull rush and the one arm moves that he hits, 
it's it's impressive and he's a very high motor player which is something that i love to see uh on the defensive side if you are consistently hustling after plays not quitting if your pass rush move fails you're not quitting you're not stopping your feet if you get bottled up and it's a run play you're getting off that block and you're running to the opposite side of the field in some cases uh is what i saw with tyree wilson so to me, I see a player that has a lot of upside, but also, to me, I didn't see the floor. A lot of people say he's a super high ceiling, low floor guy. I think his floor is not not terrible. Terry Wilson is my seventh ranked. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a – they're all pretty close, honestly. He, he could have been my five. Uh, it's pretty, pretty interchangeable at that point. But he ended up being my seven. Uh, I agree. the The power move is just devastating. It's like he he puts that right arm on you, extends it, and you're a lot of times those tackles are just helpless, and they're leaning back and they're getting pushed into the quarterback's lap, or they're, uh, I mean, the running back is getting held up behind the line of scrimmage because there's a tackle like at the mesh point, and that's because Tyree Wilson is just physically dominating. I mean. The, the reason I have him at seven, I guess, is the the bag is shallow. You know, we talk about people with deep bags. We talk about people with, you know, a move, a counter move, and, you know, the bend and all this. And, and Wilson, like you said, he's got an excellent power rush repertoire. He's got a lot of – he's got the one-arm push. He's got the straight bull rush, and it works. But when it doesn't work, it's he's just kind of hanging out. And that that's not ideal, but uh, also it, it feels like the uh, misdirect game can get him where he'll he'll bite pretty hard on one thing or another and be end up in the wrong spot. But the high motor is something that can make him a really big fantasy asset because chasing down and getting an assisted tackle, getting, you know, shoestrings, getting, you know, chasing down their running back from behind while they're trying to sort something out is something that's very valuable because there's another guy on our list or on my list later that won't always do that. And so you don't get to rack up those extra tackles, that extra, those extra fantasy points that could raise Tyree Wilson's floor. And so if, if he can, I think he needs to develop more than just power moves. If he wants to like succeed often and be a high sack total guy in the NFL, but I'd be happy if any, like if the team I'm cheering for is going to draft this guy top 10, I'd be totally happy with that. Yeah. I think it's one of those scenarios where like I have my NFL grade on him is lower than what I expect him to be picked. Like, I think it's a little bit rich in the top 10, but this is something that I think is going to come up a few different times, maybe on this on amongst the two groups here, because the class is just sort of like that. And so Tyree Wilson going in the top 10, maybe he's not the, you know, premier pass rushing talent that we'd see on in other years getting picked, you know, potentially fifth overall, but uh, like I said, I like the player. Definitely room to grow, like you said. But um, I think I think there's enough there right now that I'd feel pretty comfortable uh, taking him in. You know, third round pick, dynasty, late third type of range, maybe early fourth for sure. Yep, I I could get down with that. Uh, number four, Colin. Number four, 
You got Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of Clemson. Uh, he is a rangy player. He's tall, 6'3", 230, though. So he's, he's kind of thin. Um, and so that brings up the tweener concerns. Are we going to get fooled by another freak athlete, uh, safety linebacker hybrid out of Clemson into being a premier IDP asset? I don't know. But guess what? Trent Simpson looks like a lot of fun because he can cover and he can tackle and he sifts through trouble a lot. He uh, has incredible pursuit. I mean, we talk about uh, Tyree Wilson's motor. I mean, Trenton Simpson is chasing everything down, every game. I mean, he is just a a heat-seeking missile in a lot of these games. And he is, is, like I said before, a, a freak athlete. He is fast. And he has a little trouble uh, securing tackles because he's a little small, so he can he can miss a tackle here and there, and he can get uh, you know pushed back a little bit. And my main concern with Simpson, why I have him this low, even though he is such a, a freaky player, is he once he gets stuck on a block, it's it's tough. If it's a, a old lineman or even a tight end getting his hands on him a, a decent blocking tight end it feels like he is getting taken out of the play unless he goes and chases it down so that that's my my big big concern that's why he's down here even though he's such a, a freak and like he looks like he should be lb1 uh getting off of blocks is you got to be able to do that if you're a linebacker and you're going to be playing every down in this league yeah man this is a tough one for me uh Trenton Simpson is my number three IDP right now. And, but what's hard about it is I, it's going to depend so much on where he's, where he goes. Like, because I mean, last year, Trenton Simpson's playing slot corner. Like he, like he was splitting time last year between slot corner and linebacker playing a little bit of safety this year, he's he's firmly moved into a linebacker role. He's playing primarily in the box. He's also playing on the edge. So, I mean, they, they had this guy all over. He played every position but defensive line for this Clemson defense over the last couple seasons. And so it's just, it's really hard for me when, when you try to, there's, there's a little bit of added projection with Simpson because he's, I think he's just, finding out what kind of linebacker he can be. He's an extreme athlete though. And that is something that is very enticing to me. And like I said earlier, in a, in a linebacker class where you don't really get a ton of that. And with a guy like Simpson, I just see a player that has a higher ceiling than other linebackers in this, in this group. And I mean, that's not always necessary for IDP purposes. I mean, you get plenty of thumper linebackers that are mid-level NFL guys that put up LB1 numbers. You see that every year. But in a vacuum at this stage of the process, I would be willing to bet on Simpson over anybody else. Like you said, super athlete, the closing speed is just ridiculous. Astonishing. When he gets lined up, when he can, when he can line it up, man, this guy tackles like a grizzly bear. Like he, it's, it's almost like terrifying to watch him because he'll just throw the arms up and just envelop the ball carrier and they just can't get away. Um, Totally, 
totally understand the point about getting engaged and not being able to disengage from blocks. And he's a smaller player. I mean, like I said, he's playing slot corner last year. So I think there's a little bit of body development here. Add a little bit of weight. Maybe that helps. I Like I said, there's a bit of projection here, but great cover player as well. Obviously, the, the cover skills from playing in the secondary translate very well to playing off-ball linebacker. Uh, and he's covering tight ends up the seam with ease. So there's cover potential. There's pick potential with this player as much as there's tackle and sack potential. So he's got it all, and I'm that's I'm willing to bet on this guy right now. Yeah, if if he has, I, I think if he is like actually a middle linebacker, we could be looking at, and he like gets coached into that role, and he puts on the weight for that role. He can be a scary middle linebacker and he can be rangy and he can be a, like a a missile. He like, it's literally, he gets put on a line and he is so good with pursuit angles. And he, even if he gets pursued, pursuit angle wrong, he can correct it because he has the athleticism to do it. So if, if he does, like you said, go into a system where he is a middle linebacker and he is taught those ways. But if he gets put into a system that wants to be fun, like the Cardinals and they want to play him at linebacker, then at slot, then at safety and never really certify him in a single position, you could see kind of a stunted growth and development. And then it it could look a little fishy, which is why I have him at four rather than higher. And like that, that's really my concern is that somebody's going to see this hybrid player and play him at a bunch of different spots, which is cool, but it, it hurts the fantasy value. And it's one of those things too, where DB eligibility, does it happen? Because right. it, we've seen it happen now. It took a couple years, but Isaiah Simmons got the DB eligibility. If Trenton Simpson is being used in that way where he's splitting time, he's playing in the secondary enough to get a, to get the DB eligibility, then he's a slam dunk for me. Yeah, yeah. I, that's That's really, I guess, what you're looking for in the end is if he's on draft day at a DB – then that that brings him up pretty high in the rankings because then he has potential to be a 90% starter at linebacker, racking up tackle numbers, playing in your DB spot where it's a little thin, as as we know. And we talk about his versatility and all that, and you said that he played a lot of slot last year. This year he played all, over 90% of his snaps in the box and on the yeah. D-line. So they, the Clemson shifted him completely over to a true linebacker. So you you saw that growth. He still, I mean, he didn't get a ton of tackles this year, but it, it's it's definitely the path that you want him going on if he's going to be a true linebacker in the NFL. Well, we can stay on the Clemson defense for my number four because it's Miles Murphy. So, Miles Murphy, back, rewind to the summer. when I, We only did three IDPs back then. Miles Murphy was my number two, and I think he was your number two. Was he in your top? He was in your top three, wasn't he? He was in my top three. Okay. I don't remember if he was two or three. So, he falls down a bit here to number four, but honestly, it's kind of just a product of 
what happened this year. I still really, really like Miles Murphy. The things that I liked about him coming into the season are still very real. This is a very large man that has unbelievably explosive traits. I mean, this is going to be, and we said this in the summer, nothing's changed here. He's going to be the guy that shows up to the combine, puts up the freaky numbers, puts up the long broad jump and the quick 10 yard split. And everyone's going to remember why this guy is being considered a potential top 10 pick in the draft. Now put the athlete aside as a pass rusher. I think there's plenty of room to grow for miles Murphy. He's got the explosive first step and for his size, obviously that is a huge advantage, but Outside of that, you don't get to see a ton of pass rush moves. You don't you don't get to see him get into his bag. You don't get to see a really well-defined pass rush plan. He sort of just relies on that athleticism. I mean, he'll he'll come and hit you every now and then with a little bit of power. You know, I mean, there's a few instances on tape where he just embarrasses guys, but it's not consistent enough right now where I feel great about it, especially when you look at his production numbers and he's not been a super productive player despite his athletic advantages and uh, his sort of freakiness that he brings to the table. But I still love him as uh, he's not a project, but he, he is a bit of a projection player and I love I, I love what he can be. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right where I started with him in the summertime. Okay. So this is going to be our biggest difference. Oh boy. I have Murphy at eight. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that like, like I said, this is a fantasy projection at the end of the day, because Miles Murphy, like Tyree, uh, is a large guy that can move people but i wasn't impressed with the bag and i don't know and i i have lower than tyree tyree was number seven burphy's eight i i feel like tyree gives me more upside as a pass rusher i feel like murphy is really big and he you know like i said he can move people and i i feel like there's i there there's a kind of allure that he has because of the athleticism and because of the tools. And I, I feel like I just needed to see him put it like to tape this year. And there just felt like you said the lack of production and it's a pretty big, I mean, it's, there's just not a lot here. Like he had six sacks this year, which is pretty, you know, he played 14 games. Uh, the six sacks, I, I'd like to see that be more if you're going to be a dominant edge in the NFL. Uh, there's 22 tackles. I mean, when when you're not when you're a a one trick pony, and you're going to be rushing the passer, and you're not getting home on your pass rush, and then you're also not putting in a ton of effort to be a run stopper, or you're not putting in a ton of effort on pursuit. I just don't love how that translates to a you know, a fantasy DL. So I, I, I just didn't love the tape for Murphy, honestly. One thing we did talk about this summer was over pursuit. That's definitely still an issue, but a lot of times it's, to be honest, when I saw it this year, it, he, he's just like, I don't want to say too explosive, but like 
Miles, you gotta you gotta dial it back a little bit. Like he'll just explode, and the tackle can't hang with him. But but then he's behind the play. Like if it's a run play, he's gone. And I mean, a lot of times it's the quarterback steps up and he's he's just out of it as well. I actually thought he was pretty good as a run defender outside of those moments where he was just kind of taking himself out of it with a bad read. But it, it's it's honestly him and Tyree for me are very similar. And I to me, it seems like you're kind of the same, but just yeah. further down the list where they're good run defenders that have pass rush potential. Maybe they haven't, I mean, they certainly haven't hit their ceilings yet. If you're going to be spending top 10 picks on them, you're going to hope that they can continue to grow and use their athletic traits and their Trump assets to get to that point. For Murphy, it's the explosiveness. For Tyree, it's the power. Kind of a, you know, pick your poison with those two. And I have them right next to each other in in terms of my grades, and they come in four or five. So. Yeah, yeah, I I have them right next to each other too. They're just seven eight, and so yeah. I I enjoy what Murphy brings to the table, but I just don't know how translatable it is to fantasy. That's fair, and I'm interested. I think we're gonna get into some very very interesting conversations as we move through this list, and I you know a lot can change with these it's guys. It's about time. It's yeah, about time. right. I know. I'm sick of this. Sam Laporta really threw me for a wrench last week. So, <laughs> um, all right. Where are we? You're you have not given your number three yet. Right? I have not. Okay. Trenton Simpson was my number three, and now your number three is Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Is a transfer from Alabama. Came to Arkansas. They moved him to off-ball linebacker, and I can't say he thrived in the role. Because there were some points that were concerning. But he's still a damn good on-ball linebacker. And I could see a situation where he gets drafted in the NFL and moved to an on-ball linebacker role. And then every once in a while sprinkles in some off-ball plays. So, uh, Drew Sanders, I mean, the, the pass rush and the blitzing are the bright spots. I mean, that is where you see him... You know, make his hay. Uh, he he scrapes really well as a linebacker. I mean, the, the him sitting in that second level is he's not good at coverage. So that that's a little bit of a red flag. But the way he scrapes on the line of scrimmage and then can beat the one block and get a tackle for loss is is pretty nice. I mean, for someone that is not traditionally didn't come up as a off ball linebacker. He has really good instincts in terms of run defense in that sense. But uh he's not I mean he's not a horrible off ball linebacker. I'm making it sound like he sucks at it. But he he's fine. He makes it work a lot of the times. He is a solid tackler. He's a little undersized. Six five two thirty two he's listed at. So he's thin as kind of similar builds to Trenton Simpson. But he's not the athlete of Simpson, but he can shed blocks like crazy. So that that's kind of where the distinction comes. Simpson's my four. Sanders is my three. Where when uh, O-Lineman gets his hands on Sanders, he's probably going to get off that block and then he can make that tackle. So I, I've talked about Drew Sanders a lot this year. I think he could be moved to an edge and he'd succeed at it. And then he can also be used as a linebacker. Off-ball linebacker and still make an impact, but as mainly as an edge player. 
so here's the deal. It's we're at a point. We're at a point in the process where film is not super readily available for these players. Yeah. And if you watch one bad tape on a player, you might be left with a sour taste in your mouth. And that might just have been a bad game for them. And that might not define the experience. But with Drew Sanders, I watched Texas A&M. And that was about all I could find at this point. And we talked about Drew a lot during the season. We liked Drew a lot during the season. I don't have him in my top five right now. But I... The, here's the problem. Okay. So we are at, we are on different wavelengths in terms of the position groups. I think my priority was edge at this point, because honestly, those are just players that I have higher NFL grades on drew Sanders is a player that I have a moderate NFL grade on for many of the reasons that you just said, he's, he's not, he is, he's still understanding how to play off ball linebacker. I mean, he looks completely out of, out of his wits occasionally. And it may, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's just what I've seen, what I watched of him. But to me, his skills as a pass rusher are clearly his best weapon. He's still understanding how to cover. He's still understanding, you know, how to be an instinctual player and, to me, at this point, I just I wasn't ready to commit to a top five ranking on him. That's not to say that it's going to be that way forever. But I saw enough questions with Sanders where right now I'm just I'm a little bit cooler on him than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I, I guess this is a situation where he's top three if you know, and that that's kind of where the the rankings get weird because I I guess I would expect an NFL team to, you know, watch him play and watch what he does best and decide you're you're not best suited as our off ball linebacker. You're not best suited as our middle linebacker. You're gonna be playing on the line, and I I know that that's a a little a little bit of wish wishful thinking maybe, but I just feel like with the tools Sanders has, he can be a very versatile player. And I think the NFL can value that kind of talent. And then that'll translate into tackles, sacks and splash plays. Oh, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I have a second round grade on him. That's kind of what I would expect. He'll, he'll be a day two player, I think. I mean, maybe he slides into the late round one, but I would expect him to be a day two player. And, I mean, at that point, it's all about Fit. where – Yeah, where do we sit? Where do we sit? Where You know, how do we feel about where the edge guys are versus how do we feel about where the linebackers fell? I don't want it to make it – The reason I'm being defensive is because I don't want it to seem like I don't like Drew Sanders because I do. No. I got – I mean, I'm like 10 grades deep on IDPs, and honestly, I like pretty much everybody that I watched because we're watching the top – defensive players in the class it's all about fantasy potential at this point this guy has it because what you said 
versatile, has a pass rush arsenal, should be utilized in a in a role that allows him to rack up tackles and sacks at the NFL level. So I think we'll get there with Drew. I just wasn't ready to commit yet. I guess the idea that I have in my head is what happened with Micah Parsons. Right. Where he's – Drew Sanders is obviously not as talented or as right. athletically gifted as Parsons. I'm not trying to make a comp, but the – He said Micah Parsons. <laughs> the idea that Drew Sanders – could go into the NFL and then move on to a primary pass rush role and then occasionally drop back. That That is, I guess, the idea that I'm working under, but I there's a lot to be desired in terms of being an off-ball linebacker with Sanders that I totally understand why you'd have him lower. I don't think he – he doesn't have a first-round grade for me. I would say a second-round grade is about appropriate. Oh, man. Um I'm trying to do like some mental math in my head and figure out who your second guy is. I think I'm forgetting somebody probably obvious, but uh, why don't I give you my number two? Let's do it. Let's, let's talk about this. I want to hear your thoughts on this. (laughs) My number two IDP is Jalen Carter. Okay. All right. I love interior D linemen. So, well, okay. Before I get into Carter, because there's plenty to talk about with him, uh, I mean, spoilers, he's he's my number one player in the class. He, he in, For the NFL draft, he is my number one player in the class. As of right now, and I don't expect much to change with the, with the top guys between now and the draft for me. Before I get into all that, I just think it's interesting that we've sort of seen a bit of a transformation with interior defensive line in the in in IDP specifically because it used to be that these guys didn't really matter if your name wasn't Aaron Donald nothing was really going on that made me want to start a defensive tackle all that often but when I go in, and and by the way, I will post the scoring system that we are operating off of in the description of this episode because it's important. Obviously, different leagues have different scoring. Our scoring system prioritizes sacks, a considerable amount. So defensive linemen often end up being sort of the cream of the crop. Last year, in this scoring system, two out of the top 10 defensive linemen were interior players when you get out of the top 10 you suddenly get into an entire litany of guys Uh, from 11 through 15 I think there was four interior players including Deron Payne Quinnen Williams Christian Wilkins guys like that Uh, Dexter Lawrence also fantasy relevant this year and the guys in the top 10 are Chris Jones, the world wrecker, and Cam Hayward, Mr. You know, un- Mr. Reliable, Cam Hayward. So to me, I see a scenario where interior linemen are making an impact on the game in ways that we aren't used to seeing. And a guy like Chris Jones, who is the interior player right now as Aaron Donald, you know, gets a little bit older and things are kind of changing. Chris Jones has kind of seized the mantle there and he was D line eight, eight. So 
yes, he's not Max Crosby or Nick Bosa or TJ Watt if he'd been healthy, but Jalen freaking Carter, man, is so good that I, in a, in a class of edge players that I'm not super sold on, linebackers that I'm really not sold on, and then obviously your DBs that kind of clean up a little bit later on in the draft, I just see a pathway to Jalen Carter being one of the most productive players for IDP out of this draft class, and it's enough to make me want to pick him as my number two player because he's so so good. Any the, the pass rush ability that he brings from the interior is what gets him to the number two spot. I mean, this is an elite run defender with a pass rush arsenal that can rush the passer from the middle. I mean, get him outside, you know, whether whether he's playing three tech in a four three or he's playing five tech in a three four, whatever he's doing, I don't care. This guy is a monster. He's one of the most violent football players I've ever watched. He's one of the most destructive athletes on the interior that I've ever seen. And yes, this year, production-wise, it was only three sacks. But man, that number is going to climb in the NFL. No doubt about it. When he gets onto an NFL team, he will be a menace as an interior pass rusher. And I, that's just, it's too much for me to ignore right now. You know how much I love the IDL position. Uh, <laughs> you, you listed off the guys uh, out of IDL that were top scorers. I roster Christian Wilkins. I roster Deron Payne. And I roster Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. So Jeff uh, Simmons too. It, it is, it is not a position I'm unfamiliar with and it's not a position I disrespect. He's my number six. Um, I, the, the position is inherently capped. Uh, for most players, I would say. I mean, Chris Jones Chris Jones is my Jalen Carter comp. So I think Jalen Carter can be Chris Jones. Um, but I it's it's such a interesting you know, thought process in general because uh the NFL is kind of a monkey see monkey do league and everybody sees what the Rams did with Aaron Donald. And it seems like the interior D-line position is becoming much less of a big boy that can stop the run and much more of a, uh, can I get a guy that can do both? Can I get a guy that can rush the passer and clog up two holes in the middle of the line? And it, it has become so valuable. I mean, guys like DeForest Buckner have incredible value in the NFL and then they don't have a ton in fantasy so it really 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 depends on how he is used i think in an nfl scheme if he goes to somewhere like seattle i he shoots up my board because i think they're creative and i think they'll just let him cook but i i think there's some situations where you have some defensive schemes that might let him get double teamed that might let him uh just not be the force the wrecking ball that he is and it concerns that that's i guess the only point where i have him at six because i think he's i have him number two in the class and it's i mean he's a he's a freak and he gets to the quarterback and uh just makes 
life hell on those three interior offensive linemen. I mean, you're going to be game planning for this guy day one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, again, it's, it's, we're in a vacuum in January. It's tough to, to really wrap your mind around it right now. What do we see these players doing in the NFL? Well, I can tell you right now, it would be irresponsible for any team to draft Jalen Carter and not let him go, <laughs> not yeah, let him. That's it's true. Rush the quarterback because I mean the, the guy is just I mean violence, violence is the way that you like you can't watch this guy without just like seeing something that is it's just not common. Like he is a world wrecker, and he isn't just you know like you said. He's a big guy who can eat up space, that can stop the run, that can blow up plays before they happen. But he's also quick-footed and agile, and he has numerous pass rush moves. He has unmatchable power. I mean, this guy is one of the strongest humans I've ever watched play football. And so, yeah, I can't. I can't. I just wanted to come here and talk about Jalen Carter. Honestly, this is this is my. I I I was Will Anderson. You know, all the way through, thought Will would end up as my top player in the entire class when it was all said and done. But after really watching Jalen Carter, man, I just I I love I love Will Anderson. But man, Jalen Carter is really really special. Yeah, yeah. I I guess uh, the biggest concern I would have is he goes to a not so talented room, and like I said, he can just you can just sick your guys on him. And uh, but I mean, Sh- Chicago. What do, what would you think about Chicago? They trade down and still put themselves in a position to get him. I I like the idea of having him in a Bears jersey because I feel like that'd look really cool because <laughs> good defensive players in Bears jerseys usually looks good. They got a, a you know a little bit of a reputation over there, um, but I I would be worried about him just not having any help. Yeah, like and him just like you can just say hey I'm gonna take my center right guard and you guys got Jalen Carter. We'll figure out everything else. And, I mean, they don't have a super creative defensive staff there. They don't have a lot of talent in general. So that that would concern me. Seattle is a little better because they have a better defensive staff. It seems like they're on the uptrend. But there's just, like, a few of those top teams. It's like, who is helping him get pressure? Because uh, you look at Aaron Donald and the success that he's had. I mean, they're always bringing in new edges to, to take one-on-one Leonard Floyd uh, I mean, you got uh, Von Miller. The, like they they keep bringing in. They got good defensive minds there. So, uh, IDL I think is dependent on scheme to a point. But I mean, Jalen Carter's talent also is just incredible. All right, I have a guess, but I want to hear your guess. Is it your guy? Is it who's your guy? No. Okay. No. Whoa. Whoa. It's okay. somebody brand new to me in this process. Really? All right. That I, I was watching film and I was I didn't expect this at all, but Jack Campbell is my number two. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I I was I was just watching the tape and I was like, move him up the list, move him up the list, and now he's at my number two. 
And we we've been talking about the lack of a, a linebacker class, and he uh, the coverage instincts that Jack Campbell has will force him into an every down roll. This is where I'm talking fantasy football. Yeah. Okay. This is not it. an NFL grade, but Jack Campbell will play maybe a hundred percent of snaps for his team. And that is because he is a black hole in the middle of the field. I mean, the quarterback doesn't even think to throw to the middle of the field when he's there. And uh, I mean, he's a secure tackler. He's not super athletic. This this is not a freak like Trent Simpson. It is not a guy that can you know is super toolsy like Drew Sanders. This is a straight up linebacker that will come downhill and hit you. He's six five two forty five. And he can cover the middle of the field. And he can do that in zone coverage. He can cover a running back out of the backfield. He can cover tight ends. I mean, when you look at a a team, a monkey see, monkey do league, right? And you look at what San Francisco's defense is built around. And Jack Campbell is not Fred Warner, okay? But Fred Warner is the best coverage linebacker that we have in the game. And they have built an entire defense around what he does well. Jack Campbell is an excellent cover linebacker. And uh, I just think that you can put a whole defense around him and uh, he, he'll he just rack up numbers. See, all right. <laughs> Here, this is, the, this is the element of this that I think is, when we look back on this episode, I'm the one that's going to look bad <laughs> because <laughs> i would expect knowing what we know about idp and how this works that the linebackers will rise up the board by the end by the time we get past the draft it's going to be the linebacker show because that's how it works i still did not love what i saw with jack campbell i didn't like him in the summer when we that's it's not to say that I don't like him. You I hate just, him. He sucks. I, yeah, right. Worst player, undraftable grade. No, he. To me, I just saw a limited, a limited athlete. And honestly, like he's got a lot of tackles. I saw numerous cases where he was just limited as a tackler because he his lateral ability wasn't great. He wasn't wrapping guys well when he kind of got his hands on them. So I there's question marks when you see a guy with this size that, you know, you'd expect him to be that prototypical thumper in the middle that's going to rack up tackles for you, and he's kind of struggling in that department. Now, the coverage skills, like you said, that is an asset that honestly – given his frame, given his size, isn't necessarily something that you'd expect with a player like this, especially one that's not extremely athletic. So there is an element of unknown for Campbell, mostly in the sense that I have no idea where to expect him to be drafted in the NFL draft. Like I don't have like a firm grade on him where I could say what I think. If I was to guess, I would say third round which is fine day two capital is all i'm really looking for with linebackers i mean if you're drafted on day two i'm going to pay attention to you so that's kind of where this comes in where you know guys like jack campbell 
Tommy Eichenberg, Cedric Gray, names like this that I would anticipate being day two players could easily climb the board and be be ranked above players that I have in my top five today. But I just, I wasn't ready to go there yet with Campbell or any of the other guys I just said. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think, didn't Eichenberg, isn't he going back or did he declare? Is he? I don't know. Oh, I thought really I thought I saw that he was going, going back, back, but. Oh, he is going back. Oh, that's not fun. Well, that's all right. I no see. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I watched Eichenberg. I was I was kind of excited. Like he was gonna be like the he was gonna be that guy for me. He was gonna be that day two linebacker that like yeah I'm kind of in on this player. But uh, next year, never mind. 2024 campers, keep an eye yes. out. Yes. So Campbell, I think, is just the what I don't understand is that he is so good in coverage and it feels like he has a ton of lateral mobility and it feels like he like tracks down these guys in coverage. And then when it comes to the run defense, it, it feels so much worse. And I don't know like what it is where it's, it's not trusting your reads. It's not trusting your instinct. It's not cause there's, there's times where he'll go and it'll look like a NFL linebacker. But there are also times, like you said, where, he'll hesitate or he'll go and the wrap up won't be clean or he won't put a lick on somebody. And it's just like that. And then the tackle gets broken. I mean, he missed 12 tackles this season, according to PFF, who knows if that's a real number, they make up everything. So I don't know. Campbell, I, I like the ability to be able to set him up in your Tampa two defense as your middle cover guy and let him play every snap. So uh, yeah, Campbell, I think, will be a hundred tackle a season guy because of that, because he's just going to be playing enough snaps to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing's for sure. I'll be going back, revisiting the film after this shocking ranking. Uh, was not <laughs> expecting Jack Campbell's name to be I was. I wasn't either, by the way. I wasn't either. I was just really impressed. Damn. All right. Well, okay. So... I went a little edge heavy and also threw in a Jalen Carter. You went linebacker heavy because you're smart. Now <laughs> the number one player in the class. Please enlighten me to this player that I don't know anything about because we never talked about him on Camp Dynasty throughout the whole season. Will Anderson, who's that? Yeah, this this uh, player, Will, uh, Will Anderson Jr. William. Yeah, number 31 for the Crimson Tide. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what else there is to say. He's going to get talked about the entire offseason by everybody. He's a, a freak athlete with insane get-off speed, great bend, and he has moves and counter moves. I mean, we talked about Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy. I think he is a cut above both of them in terms of pass rush and run defense. He is a patient player which is hard to find on as, as a edge defender i mean he will secure that cutback lane he will secure the bootleg he will secure the read option i mean uh, everything you want to do on the back side of a play is foiled because of will anderson and his i mean the he diagnoses the plays in an instant and 
his brain must just work at a faster pace than everybody else's because, I mean, he'll sit on the edge and he'll come unblocked. And usually that's like you just leave the end unblocked because you're running the opposite way. And Will Anderson will sit and he'll boom, boom, where's it going, what's going on. And, oh, the, the quarterback's pulling it. I cannot dive down on this running back, which some of the other guys on this list might do. Might go and you know go after the the running back, and then the quarterback leaks out. No, Will Anderson is on top of it all the time, and I mean, you see him loafing every once in a while on the film this year. Uh, not the pursuit isn't super uh, aggressive, and that that's a a little bit of a concern. But it also feels like a little bit of self preservation because he knows he's the best player in the class. Yeah, that's I. I guess we've talked so much about Will. And we we know what he brings to the table. This was our IDP one in the summer. Nothing has changed. I said it back then. Nothing will change. This is the IDP one of the class. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, let's talk about some of the other aspects of Will. You you mentioned one there with the seemingly lack of motor this year, and I think i agree with you that it's probably a bit of self-preservation i'd like to go back to 2021 just to make sure just to see because i don't remember that i don't remember seeing that last year yeah i watched i watched some 2021 tape just to like make sure that that was a good take and not just like i'm making excuses for will and it feels like there's a lot less of that in the 2021 tape it does come up though yeah yeah, and I mean, for for a player of his skill set, it's obviously not something you're going to like dock him major for. Like, it's not going to like slide him. Like, this is tier one edge. There is nobody else. Like, edge in this class is Will Anderson, and then you're you're just talking about everybody else at that point. It's that's what it is. This is the clearly the best edge rusher in the class. Um. But yeah, the motor stuff showed up. I mean, it, it's definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, I'm not, I, again, I, I'm choosing to believe that he's, you know, he's already kind of put it out on tape. We said we said last year he'd been the first overall pick, and I mean, he would have been, and he very well might be this year if the, if the Bears don't trade out, but they probably will. Um, the other thing I want to bring up, though, is something that is already starting because – it was destined to happen because we've been talking about Will Anderson for so long that now I've started to hear the people saying, is Will Anderson too small? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just, t- I'm just telling you, don't shoot the messenger. People have started to say things that are creating rhetoric around will because he's been a he's been a player that nobody has needed to discuss for two years we've all known that he's a great player that he's one of the best players if not the best player in this draft class and so now people are saying well he's a little light and you know maybe it's not going to work so well for him at the next level can you just elaborate on that a little bit and tell me what you think about that I would like to talk about his positional versatility, if that's okay with you, because I've seen Will Anderson play on both edges. I have seen Will Anderson play on the inside, and my favorite play, I have it underlined twice, is three goal line tackles for loss from the inside. He lines up over a guard, beats him on a move, and makes a tackle behind the line of scrimmage 
three times on tape that I could find. So if we want to talk about someone that's too small, it seems like he's making it work in the interior line because, I I mean, people don't do this. And on the play that uh, Quinn Ewers got hurt, the, the shoulder injury that he had, guess what? Goal line inside pass rush on Quinn Ewers immediately. So if you're worried about – I don't know if you're worried about size – what you're worried about with Will Anderson, just that he's too small because he shows, I mean, he's got power moves. He's got uh, inside rush moves. He can line up against a guard or a center or a tackle and win against all of them. So if it's just, he's too small because literally, if you're taking it literally that he's smaller than average. Yeah, he is, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, he's listed at six four two forty three. Maybe Little the guy. Weight- Maybe the weight is embellished a little bit. I don't know. But the point is, 6'4", 243. Von Miller coming out of A&M was 6'4", 246. So, I mean, that that's what I'm saying here. Like, I'm not sure why the size is coming up. Like, yeah, maybe he maybe he played in the 230s this year. Maybe he did. That's not going to – that doesn't mean he will be playing in the 230s a year from now. And I don't I care if he's 230. Well, that's the other thing, too. <laughs> I mean, watch this guy on a, a bull rushing tackles in the SEC left and right. I mean, this guy has so much power. It is ridiculous. And and honestly, it's more impressive for a guy that is a little bit, you know, quote unquote, undersized to be, you know, playing around 240 and to just consistently be able to break out a bull rush and destroy people. And that complements the speed that he has, the explosiveness, the get off that you mentioned. I mean, it is truly elite. He has the prototypical blend of speed and power where a tackle is essentially just helpless because they have no idea where he's going to go, what he's going to break out. Will he dip the edge and just blow by me? Or is he going to put me on my heels and blow me up? I mean, there's, there's almost nothing you can do against this guy he is, like I said, the best edge rusher in the class. It's not close. He's my number two player in the class overall. Him and Jalen Carter are like way, way above uh, anybody else that I've graded so far. I mean, these two are elite defensive players, elite defensive prospects. And for IDP purposes, Will Anderson is the real deal. And I would feel comfortable drafting him in the late first. Yeah, I, I think he's a franchise-altering player yeah. in terms of setting the tone for a defense. And if now you talked about Jalen Carter going to the Bears, and I said I'd be concerned. If Will Anderson goes to the Bears, I'm less concerned because I feel like Edge is so much less dependent on what your teammates do because generally you're on an island with a tackle. And having the idea of Jalen Carter or Will Anderson in the NFC North terrifies me as a Packers fan regardless. So I hope they trade down and they don't get either of them. But, uh, yeah, Will Anderson, I mean, I think he is impactful day one uh, on any team. And I, I hesitate to take any defensive player around one. It scares me, but yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, this if, you, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm – I've seen a lot of these things go south over the years, taking guys late first. I mean, 
even a guy like Chase Young where it's an injury-related situation, but it's risky. It's risky. And so I even that even knowing that and seeing all that, I'm I'm totally down Will Anderson as a first-round pick, which I guess means that I'd have to feel comfortable taking Jalen Carter in the second, and now I'm kind of questioning my own life choices. But damn good player, Jalen Carter. Yeah. Um, all right. Fun talking about IDPs. A lot of different names. A lot of per- different perspectives here. The linebacker versus edge debate, which will probably continue throughout the entire process until I finally cave. But <laughs> until we get to that part of the process, like I mentioned at the top, it is Senior Bowl week. And I cannot leave this episode. I cannot lock up camp dynasty for the week without talking about the game which uh by next week's episode will be done we'll have all of the information we'll we'll know who the risers are who the names to pay attention are for dynasty purposes and before we get there before we talk next week and break it all down about what we saw and what happened let's just take a look at the rosters and see what names are standing out to us, uh, position by position? So we you have start with IDP. Since sure, we're we can, on the topic. Yeah, we can start IDP. You Let's got a name? It. You got a name for me? I got four names. Okay, okay. But we'll start with someone we didn't talk. Well, I have three names we haven't talked about today. Yeah, one of them is Will McDonald the fourth. Okay, uh, he's an edge out of Iowa State and. Uh, he's a riser in the process. A, a lot of people have been talking about him. Daniel Jeremiah, he was his uh, fourth defensive player taken in his latest mock, and I think he was top 20, if I remember correctly. But uh, this has been, a, like I said, a riser in the process, so we get to see him on the stage in the Senior Bowl. Yeah, there's quite a few um, edge players that are sort of i mean this class we've we talked about it through the process through the season about the depth of this class and even even the depth that we we thought we had or that we knew we had new names have been introduced guys that we didn't talk about throughout the season guys that i hadn't really heard much about throughout the process in general um will mcdonald certainly one of those players so yeah i'm i'm excited to to see him and see uh, Isaiah Foskey, another name uh, yep. in this in this edge group, sort of kind of a player that's a little bit in limbo. I didn't get a chance to watch him since the summer, so I'm excited to dive back in on him and see what he looks like. Um, obviously, Ivan Pace is yep. the guy that I shouted out at the top. Your number five IDP in the class. And then I have a feeling I know another name you want to bring up. Go for it. DeMarvion. Overshawn, yes, sir. Yep. So, player that you talked about, we gave him a badge during the season. Um, kind of interested to see what he can bring. He's an athletic guy, kind of a he's a little bit of a hybrid player, secondary linebacker player again. So, kind of has a little bit of that potential in his bag as well. So, excited to see him. But man, a lot of a lot of defensive talent at the Senior Bowl this year. I'm excited to see these guys uh show out and guys that you know in most cases aren't on our lists yet and but guys that i could see sort of making a surge and and kind of putting their putting their name more into this conversation 
another uh, edge that we talked about preseason, Andre Carter, yes. also going to be there, and yep. that that is somebody that's going to be interesting out of Army. Yeah, um, that I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, pure edge player. I mean, one of the the many, like you said, in this class, deep deep edge class. Yep, really liked Andre Carter in the summer. Uh, this year, not nearly as productive for him. There was also question marks about his eligibility at one point. That's been resolved, so he will be at the Senior Bowl. We'll get to see some of him. Um, any? Do you have any other IDPs? That's all mine. So, yeah, I, you hit on mine too there. I want to jump to quarterback just because it's the, the, it's not an impressive list. There's nobody here this year that I really expect to make waves in the class as a whole, but um, Jaron Hall is a player that I talked about at the end of our quarterbacks episode as sort of being an intriguing later round guy. He's going to be there. Uh, Smaller player, big arm, flashes on tape. I mean, he's a fun player. And I think I, you know, he's he has potential to kind of cement himself amongst that, you know, third tier of quarterbacks in this class. I would say, um, so he'll be there. And then Jake Hayner was a player that I was very interested in going into the year. Another undersized quarterback, but uh, he got hurt during the season. He did come back later on in the year, but we'll get to see what he's made of in Mobile as well. Yeah, it'll. I mean, the guys are heading the offenses are going to be pretty interesting. I mean, Hendon Hooker is nice to see. He's off of crutches. I don't think he's wearing a brace, and he's going to meet with uh, teams at the Senior Bowl. Yep. And then, yep. I mean, Max Duggan is there. Uh, uh, hated on the program, apparently. Couldn't even get a mention. Uh, I just I don't see it as a pro. I don't see. Him, I don't. But... I honestly, unfortunately, don't see it with any of these guys. Yeah, no. You're, <laughs> it, it is that you're right. That's. I wanted to hit him quick. Be like, hey, yep, man, yep. it's my boy, Jaron Hall. Watch out for him. But what what I'm really interested in, and I think what most of us are lis- are interested in that are listening to this, are the running backs and wide receivers, and they're the wide receiver group specifically. I mean, if you're going to follow along with the senior bowl, I think what you're, what you're going to find throughout this week is that the wide receivers kind of take the spotlight. We've talked about how deep this wide receiver class is. And and when we did wide receiver rankings, we only really scratched the surface. And to be honest with watching some more guys and watching some more of the guys we talked about, Things are already in a in a shuffle for me in the wide receiver department, and there's a few names that are going to be in Mobile that uh, are really really interesting to me. Um, I'll shout out a few here. Uh, first of all, Rasheed Rice will be there, so he'll have his opportunity. Your number five wide receiver. When we talked about them a few weeks ago. Um, one of my favorite players in the draft and a guy that is already sort of rising on my board well, since we not last one talked. Of your favorites, well, okay. I mean. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, how about Xavier Hutchinson? I, I watched Xavier after wide receivers episode and just, I see a player that's really good at a lot of things, not great at anything really. And, I'm just excited to see what he does in mobile because sometimes those are the most deceptive players when you watch them on film and 
they're not really jumping off the screen, but they're also just playing the position really well. If he can go down there and kind of shine this week and practice and show that, you know, maybe he's just kind of a jack of all trades wide receiver and he's damn good at playing the position. This could be a guy that enters the conversation. This will be a day two player. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good about him being a day two player right now. Uh, probably like third round guy, later third round guy. He could play his way up. He could play his way up for sure this week. Yeah, when I was watching the Jack Campbell film, uh, one of the games that's up is against Iowa State, and Xavier Hutchinson was just every like all over the place making a ton of plays and uh so i went and watched xavier hutchinson because i was like hey that was pretty fun wasn't it and yeah he's like you said he's just really good at a lot of things and i don't know if he's great at anything yeah but we'll get to see him kind of on the stage here at the senior bowl and hopefully make a little bit of a little bit of a name for himself um, other wide receivers that are catching my eye, uh, preseason favorite of mine, Jaden Reed, selfishly, very interested to see what he does under the radar. I mean, he had a good season this year. Wasn't anything crazy. Not a guy that I see being, you know, he's probably a day three player at this point, but a guy that is experienced, he's got some good moments on film and a guy that I'm just excited to watch in this sort of an environment to see if he sort of can, uh, you know, use the platform and, and do himself some good in this thing. I still think he has the traits and the tools to be sort of a late day two guy, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch him. And then, uh, I, I have more names. I'll let, I'll let you sneak in here with a few, if you got them, but the one, the last one I wanted to hit on quick is, is tank Dell, who is a kind of a personal favorite of mine as well. This is your classic undersized wide receiver. Typically not my vibe at all. He's, I, I want to say 5'9", 165 on Tank Dell. He's one of those players. But remember, some of these guys do get drafted higher than you want to admit that they do. So uh, he's a player that I'm watching this week because he is just shift, shifty as all hell. He's one of those guys that... He's small, but he makes up for it with uh, with his athleticism and his ability to get open. So I, I enjoy watching him play. If you're looking for him on the internet, it's under Nathaniel Dell. Sorry, yes, A Nathaniel f- Tank Dell. Much more fitting to his stature. <laughs> it's ironic. Come on. Uh, I got Trey Palmer. Yep. Uh, one of my later guy maybe a sleeper as we get down the line uh i just really like kind of the tools there he didn't show a ton he was at nebraska he transferred from lsu he was a five star if i remember correctly uh he's just he's a pretty well-rounded player good deep threat um so i'm I'm interested to see what he's gonna do here and then i have puka nakua who I haven't had a chance to break down, but when I was watching uh, some Parker Washington, I, I kind of liked what I saw. Watching Jaron. I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong guy. Blue and white jerseys are going to mess Puka, me up. Puka Nakua. He BYU. goes to BYU. Yep. And I was watching. Who was I watching? Who's their quarterback? Jaron Hall. Is that? Yeah. Jaron Hall. Yeah. And Puganakua stood out for me. And they're going to both all be the at tape the is senior blending bowl. together. <laughs> so it's been in a haze for the last month <laughs> and a half. 
No, I, yeah, I'm excited too. You watch Jaron Hall, you will undoubtedly see Puka Nakua making some plays on tape as well. So I'm excited for him. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I keep saying, like, excited for this guy. Excited for, like, this wide receiver group at the Senior Bowl, man, is crazy. Um, I'm not even done. Uh, uh, the only two I have left, though, Jonathan Mingo, guy that we yep. talked about, he'll be there. Kind of a gadget player, not really sure what to project his role as in, in the NFL level, but I think he's good. I think he's he's really athletic, and he'll have – Good name. Yeah, great name, great name. Um, this is the ultimate wild card. Andre Iasivas, I butchered it. I, I'm sorry to that man's family, but <laughs> I – this guy is – he's out of Princeton. He's big, and he's fast. And is there's a lot of folks that are are interested to watch this guy in in Mobile this week. I've seen things like he's already a day two player, and he has potential to be a high day two player uh, with a good week. Similar to Christian Watson, this would be like of that ilk with. Kind of Watson was a you know everybody's favorite sleeper you know Christian Watson and then. He gets to Mobile and you realize he's a six four athletic freak and he becomes a high day two pick. Iasivas, whatever is Andre, Andre from Princeton, six two I think, a little bit shorter, but he is a track athlete and he has legitimate track speed at that size. So um, that's a player that I I truly know nothing about and I'm excited to educate myself on his game this week. I'm educating myself with how to pronounce his last name right now. <laughs> Please tell me when you figure it out, because I I feel terrible. <laughs> Yosevas, Yosevas, that's what I said. <laughs> Nailed it. It's close. Yosevas. I saw a post that said, "Get used to hearing this name because he's going to be making an impact in the NFL." Andre Yosevas. Boom. There you go. There it is. Um, all right. Super deep wide receiver group. I have a few names left from the running back and tight end departments. Tight end, obviously, we talked about it last week. Luke Musgrave is the only one I'm interested in, but that's a big one. That is a Same. huge one because I really, really liked what I saw to Musgrave. It just there wasn't a lot to go off of with the injury this year. He's back, full strength. He's ready to go, and I think he could really, really show out this week. And he's your tight end four. He was my tight end four. Yeah, you're four, my five. Yep. So he has a chance to really cement himself this week and maybe even climb a little bit with a really impressive showing there. Um, Running backs. Anybody standing out on the running backs list for you? So I got Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. I got Chase Brown out of Illinois, and I have Roshan Johnson out of Texas. So McIntosh had some flashes with Georgia that are interesting. I don't know how he is physically. He doesn't seem super like a super tough runner. Chase Brown I'm really interested in. I haven't watched a ton of him, and I need to because he seems like he's just really good at every at like a lot of different things. And then Roshan Johnson, obviously overshadowed by Bijan, but was very good in relief and seemed like he was a nice pass catcher and a pass blocker. I mean, he could be a good third down back, but he's got the size to tote that thing. 
Roshan is one of the guys that if you if you asked me to create a short list of players that I thought would raise their stock the most, Roshan would be on that list. I need to watch more of him, but what I have watched is really he's, impressive. He's good. He's he is really good. And it's it's a little bit you're almost like shocked because it's like this is the guy behind Bijan. Like what's going on here? And then you see the touches that he has and and he was getting touches. You know, I mean, they weren't like splitting time, but like Roshan was getting involved enough on a team with Bijan that it, you know, it was it's impressive stuff. So Roshan's definitely on that list for me. Very, very. If you wanted me to create a short list of names, uh, Tyje Spears is another guy that I'm curious about. I watched him. This running back from Tulane. I watched him before a running backs episode. Again, it's one of those things where the class is so deep that he kind of got buried on my list, but I was I was interested with what I saw. He's an explosive runner, one-cut runner with some speed and explosiveness. So uh, again, I mean, it's there's there's so many running backs, wide receivers, the the list goes on and on in this class, and so you're talking about players here, Roshan Johnson, Ty J Spears, Kenny McIntosh, Chase Brown. I mean, these are guys that are getting buried right now but these are good players and so we'll get to see them this week they will not be overshadowed they will be the premier talents on the field in mobile um and i am incredibly excited to watch it happen let 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 me let me let's round this thing out three names give me three names that you would say raise their stock the most this week in mobile okay i got Chase Brown, Luke Musgrave, and Ivan Pace. Honestly, I would go Roshan, Luke Musgrave, Ivan Pace. Those would be my I respect three. that. I'm watching, yeah. I'm watching those guys real closely. Wide receivers, deep as hell. Xavier Hutchinson's probably next man out on that list. Um, yeah, super excited. So... With all that being said, next week we're going to come back. We're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about what we saw this week at Senior Bowl practices, who stood out, who maybe didn't stand out as much as we wanted them to, and maybe even give a little bit of purview into any sort of rankings, alterations that have been made uh, with the new information that we have about these players. So, Look forward to that, but man, this this is this is it. This is draft season, Senior Bowl week. We're gonna come back, break it down, and then from there, man, it's just it's it's all systems go. Combine comes up. I mean, it's the it's so fun. This is such a fun time. We're done with rankings 2.0. That's kind of crazy. That is kind of crazy. It came and went pretty fast, and now yeah. I, we're sitting in like the the midst of draft season, and it just feels like it it is just coming and going like it the the weeks are going by and it's almost a super bowl already i mean it it is it is crazy that we're sitting at this point and we're only i mean it's almost february we're gonna be two and a half months away from the draft pretty soon hell yeah we'll get some super bowl predictions next week too just for fun because man that's kelsey bowl baby kelsey bowl go birds go (laughs) 
Oh man, I'm gonna show up next week in my Travis Kelsey jersey, and we're gonna, we're gonna have some fun with this thing. So absolutely. All right. Well, a lot of fun. Rankings 2.0 in the rear view. We're moving on. Next stop, draft season. We're gonna have fun with it. So stay tuned throughout the process here at Camp Dynasty. We are here every single week. Follow us on Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and on TikTok at camp.dynasty to stay plugged in through the entire process. And with that, thank you for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week and have a great week.